Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host Lauren to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey there, and welcome back to First in Maine. It's Thanksgiving week, and in the spirit of that, we want to help you prepare a dish. Now, anyone can make this, even if you're a great cook or not a great cook, (laughs) is not expensive, and all the ingredients are natural. Even your gluten-free, sugar-free, vegan friends and family can enjoy this. And trust me, you will want to take this recipe with you to every celebration, family gathering, holiday, work, everywhere and anywhere. (laughs) Debs actually found this recipe for us, and since she is not able to be with us today, I have the pleasure to share it with y'all, and I am very excited. Today, we are sharing the recipe for being happy. Now, if I wasn't worried about messing up the audio, I would totally do a mic drop right now because, I mean, who doesn't want to know that? In the last two episodes, we began talking about the relational dimension of our lives and discussed the fact that a key to becoming relationally healthy actually begins with us first being emotionally and spiritually healthy ourselves. So today, we're going to dive deeper and talk about assessing and setting the mental, emotional, and spiritual temperature of our lives, which is important every day, but it can be extra helpful as we enter the holiday season. We have the recipe for being happy, but just like every great recipe, there is a little prep work. This holiday season, when we get together with others, let's strive to be a blessing to our friends and family. Let's be someone others enjoy being around and feel energized by us, despite any stress that the holiday brings or just in life in general. Philippians 4 verses 4 through 5 says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship. For our Lord is ever near. If we're supposed to be cheerful to the point where our joy overflows, then we need to know how to do that. This is a recipe that I always want nearby and one that I definitely want to share with you guys. Before we get into the recipe for being happy, let's think about this. Most of us are used to setting the temperature of our homes with the thermostat. And with fall season being here, you've probably already had to warm things up a bit. The other morning, my husband actually woke up and it was freezing in our house. Overnight, the temperature dropped to like 40 degrees. My husband rushed to turn the heat on and in no time, it was feeling great inside. Then he took it a step further and spent some time programming our system to start warming things up in the morning at 5 a.m. So it wouldn't be freezing when we got out of bed. But here's the thing. Every one of us has the capacity to be like a thermostat. We can set our internal temperature, our minds, our hearts, and spirit to keep things warm and cozy or cool on the inside of us, regardless of the situation or season of life we find ourselves in. 
And with some intention, we can even program ourselves to adjust to changing climates, creating our own happy place in the midst of uncomfortable surroundings. Before we dive in, here's a few questions you can ask yourself. Really consider these questions and your lifestyle and answer honestly. On a scale of one to 10, one being not at all and 10 being I'm crushing it, (laughs) how happy are you? Okay, now what about this? Are you in the habit of cultivating good thoughts, thankfulness, gratitude in everyday life? What about are you more prone to bring drama or peace into your environments? Whether it's your home or your relationships in your workplace or your family or even your friendships. And here's the last one. Would you say that you spend more time seeking out ways to bless and encourage others, or do you spend more time focusing on your own needs? Joining me today to talk about the recipe for happiness is Robin LeGro-Butler. She identifies her purpose in life as empowering people to become unstuck, to move into their desired destinies. And through speaking and coaching and mentoring coaching, she delivers encouragement, instruction, and empowerment to those who fit that description. Her deepest desire, though, is to move people into their destiny of fulfilled goals and dreams. She received her coaching certification in 2010 through the Dream Releaser Coaching and serves as their chief operating officer and master trainer. She conducts training for coaches and coaches trainers and speaks at summits. She is the owner of Step Forward Coaching, and Robin gains great fulfillment from exhorting encouraging and training others through motivational speaking and teaching at workshops, conferences, summits, and retreats. So Robin, thank you so much for being here with me today. How are you doing? I am doing great. Although I got to admit, after hearing my bio, I'm like, oh goodness, <laughs> I, better come up, I better come up with something good to say today <laughs> to, back, to back all of that up. No, I'm very excited to be here today. Thank you. I am excited to have you with me, too. Um, Many years ago, I had the pleasure to hear you speak at one of Deb's sisterhood events. Do you remember that? I do. I do. I do. I think I remember my ending being a little bit crazy, dressing up in some sort of odd costume and being silly. Yes. Yes, (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) I actually don't remember that, but um, I'm excited to have you here with me. I love having those sisterhood events. They were so much fun. Yes. And I'm excited for all of us to get to know you a little bit better and gain some insight from your life experiences. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, my gosh. I think right now, honestly, sitting here, I probably need a life coach more than anybody. (laughs) I tell people all the time, you know, it's, it's really true in almost anybody's life. Like what you're really, really good at are the things that you wind up needing the most, you know? Um, So I've just, you know, and I know we'll get into it in a minute, a little bit more, but I've just experienced so many transitions this year. Um, And one of the things that we teach in our curriculum with with Dream Release for Coaching is that change is not the problem. It's actually the transitions that take place after the changes. And wow, but no, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I um, just... Seriously, I guess whenever people ask me to talk about myself, I will say that I um, I have an office in my home um, for my Step Forward coaching business. My 87-year-old father lives here with me. My 20-year-old daughter lives here with me, and she's about to leave in January to go finish her last two years of school, of college, away. 
So that's, yeah, so that's interesting. And then I got married this year. Um, So yeah, yeah. So talk about somebody not being bored. I'm not bored. (laughs) Well, congrats on your wedding. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, shall we go ahead and dive into today's topic? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, Thanksgiving is in two days, and I'm sure that some of the listeners might be feeling a little stressed and feeling the pressures of Thanksgiving, like just the travel and cooking and actually maybe even hosting Thanksgiving. I hosted Thanksgiving last year for the first time ever, and I'm pretty sure I didn't even sleep the night before. (laughs) Do you host Thanksgiving? No, I do not host Thanksgiving. My brother and his wife host Thanksgiving, and then I do Christmas. Okay. Yeah. So this Thanksgiving, just, you know, when your kids get older, they mess up everything. They mess up all the plans. (laughs) You know, like you can't, you can't tell the 20 plus year olds what they're going to do for Thanksgiving. So because of just some other family plans and stuff, we're going to actually be eating at 11 o'clock. And and my 87 year old dad said, I do not want to eat turkey and dressing at 11 o'clock in the morning. So I think we're going to breakfast time. (laughs) Exactly. So I think we're going to do something different this year. And we're going to do like a, uh, you know, like a late breakfast, early brunch or whatever, however you say that. And then, of course, we'll do something more traditional later in the day. Oh, well, that sounds fun. Yeah. Well, you know, recognizing the pressure that the holidays can bring and thinking about Christmas just being around the corner, I feel like that often means like there's more financial pressure and you're trying to figure out gifts for Christmas and then the travel and food, all the things, and not to mention all the everyday life stuff and work and so on. We just really wanted to spend some time today to talk about our emotional health and setting our thermostat spiritually, mentally, and emotionally to a temperature that's not only best for us, but also for everyone in the room with us. So, Robin, tell me what your initial thoughts about our topic are today. Okay, it's interesting because when when I found out that we were going to be talking about what makes you happy, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I mean, you know, doing coaching and talking to people every day that are on, you know, everybody is on their own adventure and just everything that's going on in life right now. And one of the things that I, I think is the most important, and when you mention, I'm glad you mentioned thermostat too, because... One of the things that I try to talk to my clients about is making sure that they are purposely setting their thermostat based on what they know is going to be the best for them. And let me let me talk to you about that for a second. Mm -hmm. I'm not at all suggesting anything selfish, but Mm -hmm. I am I am suggesting Mm self-consideration. And what happens is we get so run down and so crazy trying to please people all the time that literally our thermostat is sitting there wide open. And every time we turn around, you know, somebody else that needs something different from us is over there turning up the heat, you know, and it just feels like constantly we're having to adjust to them making changes in our thermostat. And I'm not saying that it's not important, you know, to be, you know, surrounded by people, obviously, and to be affected by them and to consider Mm -hmm. what they're thinking, what they're feeling and all of that. But, you know, the way that you make sure that your house, as you're saying, that your house is set in the right way is to do do what you're supposed to do and set your own thermostat and then lock that thing, you yeah. know, uh, and, you know, and I'm not saying that you don't react to people, but you don't just allow a million other things to come in and mess everything up. Right. Um, 
so, you know, even thinking about the holidays and such like that, you know, I always, I always talk that way to the people that I'm doing the coaching client with is just making sure that you're doing what you know God has called you to do. And no matter what else happens, you're going to be okay. You know, you're going to yeah. be okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, have you, I mean, I know personally, I have been very good previously adapting to other temperatures. And it does. I'm, I get tired. I wear myself out. I get frustrated sometimes, irritable. I think that if we really want to know how to be happy, then we should study the book of Philippians in the Bible. Because if anyone is going to describe what joy really looks like, it's going to be Paul, right? <laughs> I mean, real quick for our listeners, I just want to give a little background. Philippians is actually written by Paul to the Philippians. And it's a letter that he writes while he's in jail. Most definitely not the best of circumstances. But he writes this letter to thank the Philippians for their prayers and financial help and to also share with them the joy that he has experienced while being in prison. And I just love that. I love that he writes this letter of gratitude. And I think that this is a part of the recipe for being happy. I think that gratitude is important to talk about, especially with Thanksgiving being a couple days away. And as we get together with our family and friends, what are some of the blessings we can celebrate and show gratitude for? Philippians 1.3 says that every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And then in verse 7, he says, it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. That is like so nice. How would you feel if one of your friends told you that? They came in for Thanksgiving and they were just like, I am so grateful for you. Like that's the first thing they said to you. (laughs) I know for me in my house, that would make like Thanksgiving start off wonderful. (laughs) So in regards to gratitude, how does it help us? And what effect have you seen it have in your own life and your relationships as, as you've grown gratitude towards others? Oh, my goodness. I, I Like you're saying, I don't think there's anything to compare to what it feels like for gratitude. You know, I mean, when you can take the step and let somebody know how much you appreciate them, how grateful you are to them, that they're looking past what things might look like on the surface, you know, and they're looking past that and they're seeing the changes that you're making. They're seeing the progress that you've made. You know, they're not judging you based on where you are right now, but they're seeing the progress that you've made and they're okay with that. And I know for me, like with my clients, with my friends, you know, that's one of the things that I love the most is to be able to look at my client, you know, like, it's interesting because some of the sessions that I'll have with them, it'll have been a few weeks since they feel like they really made any progress, right? Like really made any steps forward. And they'll begin to get down, you know, on themselves and feel like, you know, I don't know that I'm ever going to step forward in this area. And what I love to do in those moments is to say, okay, you know what, let's stop from where you are right now. And let's go back. And I'll go back through my notes. And I'll literally say, when you first came to me, this is where you were. And since then, this is what you've done. And you know what? I mean, so so many times we get so beat up that if we're not making these lifetime, life goal, you know, enormous changes in our life, we give up. You know, we've got, we've got this concept that if it's not all, then it might as well be nothing. And I tell my clients all the time, you know what? Be thankful. Take that moment, especially now here at Thanksgiving, take that moment to be thankful for every single step that you've taken. Every step, every step I say all the time, 
Even a baby step is stepping forward. Even a nudge is doing more than what you did before. And don't allow the enemy, don't allow yourself, don't allow other people that you've been around that are negative to make you feel that because, you know, you're not running, you know, and 90 miles an hour, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not making progress, you know, and just be grateful, show thankfulness for where you've been and where you now are, you know, take that moment. And so I want to even encourage, you know, anyone that's listening, be careful that the people that you're around in your family and stuff as the holidays are coming up, that you're not so focused on what they're not doing and what they've not become, but take a look at, you know, the progress that they've made. Be be attentive to that. Be complimentary to that. Be thankful for that, you know. See people right where they are and thank them for the steps that they've taken. I could go on and on, but I'm telling you, with my clients, if just some of their family members could take the time to be grateful and thankful for the progress that they see that person make, just how much more progress the person would probably make just knowing that, you know? Right. Yeah, because, I mean, I understand that it's important for you to have your own desire. You know, like I said earlier, the thermostat is yours. Mm-hmm. You know, don't allow everybody to come in there and change your thermostat and tell you what you should or should not do. But at the same time, there's not a person breathing air that doesn't want to feel like someone else is for them, is yeah. cheering for them, is supporting them, is seeing what they've accomplished. And so, you know, I would say that, my goodness, when you are around people and you see progress they're making, don't be afraid to step out and say, you know what, I'm proud of what I see in you. You know, do that, throw that to them, throw that pride to them, show them what you see in them. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it, it creates like a, a closer bond to you and your friends and family, especially when you can build each other up. And that's what we're supposed to be doing is building each other up. And gratitude is such a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, earlier, you said that you were recently married. Um, when did you get married? Um, we got married in May of this awesome. of this year. Yes. How many years would you say you were single prior to that? Oh goodness, I think it was fifteen years. That's a good bit of time. So, during that time of your life, tell us about that. Like, what, were was there anything that you learned in that season of being single? Oh goodness. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I coach I coach women on this all the time, mm-hmm. and and yeah. what I say is, being single won't kill you, mm-hmm. and a relationship won't heal you. And yeah. one of the things that I recognize, because I got to be honest with you, Lauren, it's like at the time that the guy that I'm married to right now, um, Walter, mm-hmm. when we got together a few a few years before we got married, um, we were together for about a year and then we broke up. OK, and I remember being so devastated that we broke up, but it turned out to be like the best thing that could have ever happened, because what the Lord showed me during that time of breakup was that I had completely shifted my identity from being a woman of God, following the Lord's footsteps to wanting to be someone else's wife. I want you to hear me on this. I'm not suggesting at all that we don't submit to our husbands. I mean, that's what the Bible says to do. There's nothing that I am saying different from that. However, a lot of times what we find ourselves doing is expecting our spouse to be God and it's not fair to them. They're not supposed to be God, you know? So, What happened after we broke up, you know, we spent a year broke up. I just moved on, you know, and I just said, you know what, Lord, 
um, you are my shepherd. I said all the time, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Like I literally lack nothing. And Lord, if you do want to bring someone into my life, then what I know that I want to do is I want to be so grateful for him. And I want to be so thankful. And I want to have, you know, such appreciation for everything about him, but not at the expense that I turn my attention and my dependence from you, Lord, who has done and provided everything for me, and then try to put all of that responsibility on this man's shoulders. I mean, he was made by Jesus too. You know, he's not Jesus. He's not perfect, (laughs) you know? And so um, just so many things, you know, um, just my family having to go through different things, you know, my dad's health getting, you know, he's 87 and did I say 87? Yes. And and all that. And with Jordan leaving and, you know, going out of town and everything. And I would just say that the main thing that we can focus on, no matter what, guys, is that the Lord is our shepherd. We lack nothing. So anything that God brings into our life over and above what he provides for us is exactly that over and above a beautiful blessing, a fringe benefit. You know, so many of my clients come to me and they're in disarray because of what their spouse didn't do or their boyfriend didn't do. And, you know, they almost get mad at me at first because my question is always like, what role have you played in this? And they're looking at me like, I didn't come to you to talk about me. (laughs) I want to talk about what my husband did, do. (laughs) Yeah, you're supposed to be making me feel like it's good for me to give him an elbow, you know. You're right, especially during the holiday time. There is so much extra pressure on us, and we tend to shift that to our partners. And that really isn't fair. Yeah, that is a. am glad that you shared that and you brought that up because that is something that we do need to be um, respectful of. I remember being single and especially during the holidays, um, I just wish that I had someone there to share it with me. Um, that's a hard place to be in. And my family and I have also gone through this thing the last few years, wishing that my dad was with us. He actually passed away a few years ago from cancer. And, you know, that first year of anything is so hard. The first Christmas without him, the first Thanksgiving without him. And in Philippians 1, Paul finds joy in suffering. He is in jail and he sees it as an opportunity. And it's this opportunity to spread God's word. And he realizes that his circumstance isn't what is important. It's actually what he does with that circumstance. And so what would you say to someone who is in a season of life right now that they wish just was different, especially going through the holidays? Exactly. Um, it's funny because this is honestly not me trying to conjure up business. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 I, but I really but I really would say the importance of like talking to someone outside of those that they're super familiar with. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think my biggest thing, the questions that I ask all of my all of my clients turn out to normally be the same four questions to begin with. And they're always like, where do you want to see things in your life? You know, like, what do you want to see happen? Uh-huh. And, you know, to get them to dream out loud, to think about things like, you know, you can't see my mug, everybody, but it says dream out loud on it. You know, if life could look the way you want it to look, what would that look like? And then after I get them to talk about that, you know, then I say, okay, so what is, let's compare that to now the reality <clears throat> that you're in. Where are you at right now? And then after they identify that, I'll move them into, okay, if this is what you want to see happen, then what opportunities do you have available to you to begin to see that change? And just to get them 
to think about things differently. You know, like we're so apt to accept our life the way it is that we don't even take a chance on doing what we can to do to make it better. You know, like we we go from that wanting everything to be all or nothing. And so, you know, we feel like if it's in between, that's a waste. It's not a waste. It's not a waste. You know, yeah. if you can look at it like, okay, look, this is where I want things to be. This is where they are right now. But these are the opportunities that I have available to me right now. And then the biggest thing, the biggest question that I think that I ask everybody, Lauren, is then what is your level of willingness? Because we can all get on that kick and on that. T- and I'm not trying to sound negative on our, you know, positive podcast. No, yeah, But right. I'm saying we can all get so caught up in what we don't have going for us mm-hmm. that we don't allow ourselves to see that little door, that little niche, that little change. And, you know, sometimes just making the smallest positive changes in our life can allow us. It gives us the strength. I remember and, you know, just can I give this one example? Yeah, please do. Okay. Um, I had an example one time of a client years ago that was talking to me about this, a very big situation taking place in her marriage. Um, But then there were several other things that were smaller. Well, you know, she was so used to everybody saying that to her about, don't be focusing so much on all these little things. You need to dive into what's really wrong. Well, when I started coaching her, the questions that I asked her help her realize that because the big in the middle, Lauren was so big that then she would just hit a brick wall every time she tried to change the situation. So then not only were the small things not being accomplished, neither was the big thing. So what we did during those coaching sessions was she talked about, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to take care. And it was things like, you know, here we were talking about our marriage, right? But then the smaller things were like her closet being in disarray, right? Her office being messy, right? So go with me here because that sounds so different. Like, okay, really, Robin? Like you're supposed this, you know, you're ICF credentialed. You're supposed to be this amazing coach. You really coached her on how to, you know, organize her closet. I sure did. Because what we recognize sometimes is the big things that we don't feel like we can control If our focus is always on that, then we completely lose the opportunity to move anything forward, you know, and we just constantly hit a dead end, a dead end, a dead end of excuses of to why. But if we'll stop and say, okay, while I may not be able to really make that big of a change on this right now, what can I change? Crazy enough, like, I mean, I don't want to go into too much of the detail because, you know, the confidential part of it, but just certain things that she discovered while cleaning out her closet, things that she discovered while reorganizing her office, were that those things being in order brought her a peace that passed understanding. So even though, even though with the marriage situation, she wasn't in the place right then to be able to step in and change the marriage situation, Lauren, she was able to at least then go into her office, yeah. you know, and she would see beautiful things on her wall that offered her hope, you know. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. We get so caught up in the bad thing happening, you know, that we get so overwhelmed that what we are tempted to do is then pretty much shut down from anything, from any progress. And, you know, yeah. and I always say, no, you know, start where you are. Control what you are allowed to control. And even if it is just baby steps, if it's just small things that you can do, guess what? Every single time 
You bring that situation from a negative side to a positive side, from no movement to actual effort and seeing things done. What it does is it allows God and ourselves to bring that confidence back in ourselves, that instead of being so focused on the big thing that is overwhelming us, that then we just feel like we're a lost cause. We're a loser. You know, we're never going to amount to anything. No, no. When we take the time to step back and take a look that says, while I may not be able to change this one thing right now, and while it might be big, I am not going to allow the enemy or myself or anyone negative around me to tell me that I can't change other things. So I'm going to take a step back from that bark on the tree that is so ginormous, and I'm going to see the little things that are growing that I can take care of. And I will guarantee you this, Lauren, as you begin to take care of the small things one at a time, it builds your confidence, yes. But secondly, it brings you peace, yes. But even bigger than that, it makes room, (laughs) It makes room that you didn't have before to take a look at the bigger thing and say, you know what? This might be overwhelming to me in some ways. Facing this at holidays, facing that family member might be big. It might be difficult for me to find Thanksgiving in this one area. But you know what? I used to not be able to find Thanksgiving in these areas, and now I do. So, you know, we are so hesitant to think that progress is really progress. Because we think if we're not focusing on the big, big, big thing, then we're doing nothing. And I'm going to tell you with boldness, that's bull. Mm. Anybody around you that is making you think that it is senseless and worthless and a waste of your time to focus on things because you're, you know, if you can't be thankful for all things, then no, you pick where you, you change what you can change and you start right there where you are and you don't allow naysayers, negative relatives, God love us at holidays, you know? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Whoa, we could think of a bunch of those. You know, you don't allow what other people say that you should do. Another thing that I learned from a guy that came in um, with my dream release or coaching uh, training, uh, Dr. Brenda Chand had a chaplain come in to teach us on grief loss and grief coaching. And one of the things that he said stuck with me so much, and I use it all the time. And he says, don't let anybody should on you. Oh. And when he said, don't let anybody should on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. When you start thinking about that, you know, get with someone that you trust, whether that be a life coach or mm-hmm. your pastor or your best friend and say, you know, I know that I should be working on this, but I also know that that should is really big right now, and it's overwhelming to me right now, and when all I do is try to face the big, big, big thing, I don't even handle the smaller things, and so when me as a life coach or whoever is ministering to you can say then, okay, then what can you fix? What can you control? Oh, my goodness. See, I've gotten wound up, but, you know... (laughs) You know, I love it. But seriously, as you eliminate the small things, it it just seems like your confidence grows, your hope grows. You know, instead of everything being, you know, in one big shoe basket of, you know, it's all a hot mess, you mm-hmm. say, you know what? I know that number five is pretty big, but I thought one, two, three, four were pretty big too. But with God in my head, you know, I took care of those. Mm-hmm. So 
Anything that you can accomplish, no matter how small it seems, no matter how insignificant someone else might make you think it is, don't listen to those voices. Mm -hmm. Listen to the internal voice of you that says, let's take care of what we can take care of. And as that then builds your confidence and that then builds your joy and your thankfulness, you can tackle bigger things. Okay. I'm going to stop talking now. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. And I do think that, you know, when you hit something that is a huge block in your life and you are not able to like figure that out, you do lose your confidence. And in that you start feeling like you just don't care about some maybe of the other little things, you know, that's why your closet is a disarray. You just don't really care to organize it. You don't have the energy. You don't have the emotional capacity to do it. And you kind of start wearing down a little bit. And I think sometimes that also comes out in our words. Like when we speak to other people, that's when we maybe start saying things that aren't very nice to others. And I've always heard this quote, hurting people hurt others. And when I'm around someone that says something negative or hurtful, I try to remember that and show some grace. I'm not always grateful graceful about it, Robin, <laughs> but I do try. You know, I try to consider that. And during the holiday time, when you bring a bunch of family members together and friends, there is always that one person, right? That person that is going to be late or the person that didn't bring a side dish or maybe the person that criticizes every little thing or everyone or the one that's gossiping the whole time. (laughs) And if we aren't careful, we might become a little bit judgy. And I don't believe that being judgmental is a part of the recipe for being happy at all because today we're talking about the recipe to happiness. So in fact, righteousness comes only from God. Paul writes in Philippians 3, 9, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. And when we understand our own limitations and God's love, I think that we become less critical and more graceful. And I feel like that is a part of the recipe for being happy. So do you have something you could share about this? Do you have some insights um, about not being so judgy and having more grace and not feeling so righteous, especially during the holiday time. Yeah, exactly. And I love that we've talked about thermostats, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and and the thing is, is I don't think it's a big deal that we don't allow someone else to change our thermostat. You know, we make the decision before we go into the situation. So, I'm team coach for a company also called Four Rivers Media. Um, and so Amy and uh, Martine Van Tilborg, they've hired me to be their team coach. And so I coach their team members individually, but I also, every week they send out an email and I get to put a quote on there. And one of the things that just hit me so strongly yesterday was before you go into your holiday times with everybody. And I said, you know, when you know that you're going to see cousin critical, <laughs> you know, <laughs> our, our cousin complaint or whatever, you know, um, yeah, our troublesome, <laughs> troublesome Tommy or whatever, you know, uh-huh. it, it's like you've got to ask yourself at the end of the day, when this is all over, what matters more that I made my point or that I brought peace? You know, and I know, and I know that it's frustrating sometimes to like, you know, step back and allow people to act a fool, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) You know, when you're sitting there thinking, I know the truth that could set that person free. You know, I know what I could say. I know what they need to hear. But you have to ask yourself, you know, overall, before you go into that situation, like, 
how much grace do I need to extend to this person? You know, like, and if I'm really just sitting there eating turkey dinner with them and all I do is, you know, counteract everything they say and argue back with them at the difference in what I believe, is that really doing anything to bring a change into their life? Or is it just putting them in a position to fight harder for what they believe? You know, so you've got to weigh it out. You know, what are you bringing? Like, not only are you, is it important what you're bringing to the table, Lauren, it's, it's just as important what you're leaving with. You know, are you going to walk away from that dinner that day with your family feeling like, boy, I made my point. And if you do, you're going to feel good for about 12 minutes, you know, and then you're going to realize like just what kind of negativity that you might have brought to the table. So I think you've just, you've got to weigh out timing, you know, and even if you're at that family function and you feel like someone brings up something that you want to address, you know, of course, you've got to really ask yourself the question, what is the purpose in me addressing this? What do I hope to gain as a result of this? Asking all those questions. But if it's something that strikes a chord with you and you really sense that the Lord is saying you need to reach out, then you do it in such a different way than blurting it out over some cranberry sauce, you know? <laughs> you know? Like, that's yeah. not the time. Pass the, cranbo- no, pass, the, pass the cranberry sauce, you crazy person. You know, no. <laughs> you know, but then what, but what about, you know, what about texting them later and mm-hmm. saying, hey, listen, I couldn't help but notice that you have a lot to say in this area. You know, seems like you were pretty upset about that. How would you feel about you and I talking things through? You know, and that gives that other person the opportunity to decide if they even want to do that. And it also takes you out of a position that you don't want to be in. You don't want to be in a position of argument. Nobody wants to argue. It's not worth it. No, especially in front of family. Like, you don't want to be the person to humiliate somebody. And you don't want to feel humiliated yourself. And so um, I love that idea about, like, taking it outside you know, waiting till after the holiday is over, maybe later on that day, maybe even, you know, a couple of days later and extending a text or a phone call of some sort. Yeah. The other thing that does is that gives you the allowance to determine, okay, was I just caught up in the moment because I was emotional or mm-hmm. is it something really that I'm feeling, you know, that I need to address? And the yeah. beautiful thing is how great is it that that person that's sitting at that table that might have meant to be critical yeah. When you can send them a private message, it just says, hey, you know, um, you said some things at the table today that really got me thinking. You know, I would love the opportunity to talk to you about that when you have a minute. Not only does that hold them accountable, maybe the reason that they're acting a fool, sorry, yeah. but maybe the reason that they're acting the way they're acting is because they're hurt as well, you know, yeah. and they're not responding or acting the right way. So you going behind the scenes yeah. You know, so. that just that lends a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we have to really be careful with our words. And one of the avenues to living well and having great relationships is how to man- manage our thoughts. And what we think is sometimes what we say. And it's not always easy to manage our thoughts and manage our words. But Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 8, that we should fix our thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. He even goes on to tell us in verse 9 to keep putting it into practice. He's basically telling us how to program our thermostat. Is that what you, is? I mean, would you say that? Yeah, I would. I would. And I think that he's saying like once you get it programmed 
and that you've got it set on the temperature that I want it set on, not only do you lock that thing so that no one else can come up and switch it, you lock it so you don't. Yeah. You know, don't give your, don't give yourself permission to put yourself up to 150 because you're ticked off at someone at the table. You know, I mean, if you talk to me before you went to the family function and I told you to keep it at 70, you keep it at 70. And you know, in the relationship we have to the Lord, I mean, sometimes he looks at me and says, did I tell you to keep your mouth shut? Mm -hmm. Then I meant it. And there's a reason for it. It's not only for your protection, it's for someone else's. So yeah, we've got to, yeah, we've got to set that, set that thermostat and leave it right where we are. Have you ever heard of the phrase, your mind is a garden, your thoughts are the seeds, you can either grow flowers or you can grow weeds? Oh, wow. No, but that's good. (laughs) I love that little saying. And I believe that we are the gardeners, you know, and just like a gardener, we're to cultivate and keep our own garden. The seeds that we sow and the weeds that we uproot will determine the harvest that we reap. And I think that whatever we cultivate dominates, meaning if we cultivate anxious thoughts, they'll gain more power over me and eventually dominate my minds and emotions and ultimately my actions, right? And equally, if I cultivate good, lovely thoughts, they'll gain more power over me and eventually dominate my minds and emotions and ultimately my actions. Have you seen? this principle play out in your own life? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, whatever you, yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever you give your mind time to dwell on is exactly where it's going. I was actually talking about that. I do, I teach a life group on Wednesday nights. It's called Girl Talk. And, and we were talking about that, how a lot of times you're literally just riding down the road. And when you finally arrest your thoughts, you realize that you have imagined Like literally, you have gone through just such an imagine. Oh my goodness, you know such an imagination. um, You know, and and we have to take captive our thoughts. We have to recognize that. Um, And so I told them last night. I said, you know, I don't care how lethargic this almost seems or how crazy this almost seems, but set an alarm in your phone. You know, for two times a day at least, where you your alarm goes off and it says, "Where's your mind been?" What are your what are your thoughts on right now? That is really good. You know, and listen, and listen for for those that might be listening to this going, well that seems very mechanical. You know, you, well well good. Because how how's it working for you otherwise? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean seriously, let's get real. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong like, you know, as a side note, like even in marriages, if you know that your spouse wants affirmation from you and it's not something comfortable for you to do, your spouse doesn't care if your alarm goes off at 2 p.m. that says, send your husband an affirmation, an affirming text message, yeah. you know? And, and the thing is, is we don't have a problem holding everybody else accountable for what they do or they don't do. Right. So we need to hold ourselves accountable to that too, you know, and not put so much of our pressure on ourselves to be, you know, we want to be programmed to be able to do all these things. But in order to program ourselves, we have to do exactly that. We have to program ourselves, so. And I wanted to dissect this a little bit more in regards to the holidays, because as we mentioned, we are all likely feeling some added pressure, which if we're not careful, that can bring out our not-so-nice side. And you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we aren't very kind to our families, just like you were saying um, about maybe we need to program our phones to send an affirmation to our husband. (laughs) And we aren't very kind to our family members for their ideas for the holidays. and 
Maybe we're not very kind shopping or even parking, you know, while we go shopping. And sometimes we're just very stubborn about our own needs and wants. And we're not very sensitive to the needs of others during holidays. So how do you program yourself to be at your best? Not only for your own well-being, but for the other people that you're going to come in contact with. How do you set that thermostat? Oh, girl. I mean, I do, and seriously, I do this all the time. I'm 53. Mm-hmm. So, you know, understand that, you know, I'm not boasting <laughs> because I was probably 52 before I realized this. No, but you know what? Looking ahead at how you want the day to end. Yeah. I think that helps me more than anything is instead of just going with the flow, which means I get into the argument of the parking situation or I disagree about where it is we're going to eat or whatever. Let's think about it. At the end of the day, how much does it really matter where you parked? How much does it really matter what you ate? Why do you really care what store you did or did not go into? I mean, you've got to ask yourself the question like, what is more important to me? And I know, you know, it seems like I keep bringing up these two words, but what matters more to you, your point or your peace? And listen, I understand not wanting to be bullied. I understand that there are times that we need to put our foot down and not allow people to just pull us around by our nose. That's a totally different situation. You know, that's a, like you said earlier, you know, that's a, those are private conversations that you need to have. You know, I've always heard you praise in public, correct in private. Um, If you know that you're going to something like a family shopping event or something like that, and there's a family member that is frustrating to you, whether or not you go to Macy's or Hobby Lobby is probably not the most ideal time for you to take her to the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, come on. We get yeah. so caught up in making our point. And I just, I want to ask this, and I, it seems like I'm being, I'm being rude. I promise I'm not. My thing is, what, what purpose, what purpose have you possibly served that's positive and that you got to make your point? I mean, really stop and ask yourself, how good does that feel and for how long? Right. You know, and what did it cost you? In order to make that point, I mean, for the love of all that's good, are there not already enough points being made? I mean, come on. You know, what if we, listen, my brother used to tell me, and you can't see this, you know, but my brother told me something about a breakup I had one time. And he did his hand on the wall and he said, you're up here and he's down here. Not that I was better than him, just our mindsets were different. And he said, you're up here. And he's down here. He said, why in the world do you keep lowering yourself to try to to fight with him? You know, the relationship is over. Stay in your lane. So I think, you know, the the thing that I would say is your well-being is based on whether or not you have walked in peace that day. And I don't care who else is trying to steal and rob that peace from you. You have a decision as to how you're going to react. You really do. And a lot of times, like I said, it's making yourself remind yourself before you go. It is putting alarms on your phone that are silent little vibrators that you pull out of your pocket when your phone's buzzing and it says, don't make your point. Just don't make your point. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, when you can walk away from that saying, you know, not only did I enjoy the day myself, there were no arguments that I added to. I love that. And I've really enjoyed talking with you today and learning from you today. Um, you've 
you've kind of blown my mind a little bit on certain subjects that we've talked about. I'm like, I need to, I should have been taking notes. <laughs> um, before we finish up today, do you have any last thoughts or practical tips you'd like to share with our listeners in regards to happiness, strengthening their spirit or relationships? You know, I, it's funny, I don't want to get emotional, which I often do in this, in this area because, hey guys, we're to the place we're all to the place in our lives always where we cannot continue to blame other people, you know, for what is happening with us and what our our happiness is missing. And I don't take it lightly that I know that some of you listening have probably really legitimately been abused. You probably really have been treated like you're, you know, something on the bottom of someone's shoe. And I don't take that lightly. You know, I don't say to you, oh, brush it off. You're good. No, 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 I don't. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying Don't give someone one more minute of control over you than you need to. Do whatever you need to do that says, you know what? I I remember being criticized by somebody one time years ago, and it hurt greatly. But my brother told me, he said, instead of dismissing what they said, be mature enough to take a look at what they said about you and see if there's any truth to it. Well, I wanted to smack him, you know. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but gosh, he's been my biggest teacher. Uh, Pastor Roger Milam has been a great teacher to me all my life. But anyway, I remember taking a look at it. And even though I didn't like the way it was delivered, I had to admit whether I liked it or not, there was some truth behind what they were saying about me. And so what I did was I had a decision to make. Did I want to dismiss that and just throw it back in their face? Or did I want to own it? And take a, you know, t- I own it, mourn it, leave it, as I say, and make a change about myself. And you know what I did? I changed. You know what I did? I didn't let it be about me and that person arguing. I didn't let it be, you know, think of how absurd this comment sounds. Well, I don't want to change for the better because then they'll have their way. Right. Think, think, <laughs> think about that. Okay. I don't want to change because even though I need to, it'll make them happy. All right. But it'll also make you happy. And you know what? Let's just say, if you wanted to get somebody's gander, (laughs) the best thing you can do is take what they complain about you and go, you know what? I think you're right. I do need to change that about myself, not because you said it, but because I want to be all that I can be for God. And there are people that I need to minister to that if I really am acting a fool, I don't want to act that way anymore. Talk about a win-win. When you not only don't allow someone else's criticism to define you, but you allow that to use that to make you a better person. When you can rise above what everybody else thinks about you and what everybody else says about you, and you can say, hey, God, at the end of the day, when my head hits the pillow, I want to feel good about where I am. Did they really hurt me? Yes. Did they really abuse me? Yes. In some situations, some of us have been through some very difficult things. But you know what? You're the one that gets to determine how long what they've done controls you. You letting them off the hook is not letting them off the hook. It's letting you off the hook. It's letting you off the hook. It's saying what they meant for evil. God can turn it around for my good. And I am not going to allow myself to be 
a slave, be enslaved, be a servant to anything that someone has done to try to bring me down. I am going to ask God, how can we work all things together for the good? Because I know that you love me and I am called according to your purpose. So I guess the thing I could go for days and we don't have that much time, but I guess the thing that I would say to anybody is, don't keep allowing something that someone has done to you to keep controlling who you are. And don't worry about the fact that if you take their unsolicited, rude, hateful advice and you do make some positive changes about yourself, who cares if they feel like they got some credit? What what are they getting credit for? You becoming better, smarter, taller. I mean, so many things. So take those things that were meant for evil and turn them around for your good. Ask the Lord, how can I use this abuse? to make me relatable to other people that need to be pulled from their abuse? How can I take these ugly words and turn them around to better myself, to God be the glory, and even to myself be some credit? And, you know, I know that I'm probably not supposed to promote my business. It's not about that for me, but it really is about like my business is called Step Forward Coaching. A new path awaits you. Don't allow your past to dictate your future. Um, my best friend, my best guy friend, Keith, bought me this in 2011. He brought me an award um, for when I got all of my certification. And my tagline then was, sift through the dirt, there may be a diamond. And so I guess my leaving thought, my leaving remark would be, I don't care if you're head over heels in mud. I don't care if you're head over heels because of the dirt that someone has thrown at you and that you're having to experience, I'm telling you, there is a rainbow. There is a sunshine. There is a new step on the most beautiful, solid piece of ground. God has plans for you to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And I would just encourage you to pull alongside whoever it is that can help you see those positives, that can help you to dare what you could see if you could see on my coffee cup right now. (laughs) My coffee cup says dream out loud. Dare to dream out loud again instead of living under the power of your nightmare. Let's dream out loud again and watch God do something amazing in you. You deserve it. He has come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Don't you dare let somebody take away the abundance of the life that your Savior wants you to live. Woo, girl. Amen. (laughs) I love that. You know, Robin, I uh, really have enjoyed your company today. And I would love to have you back. And maybe we can chat about another topic. And, you know, I know you're not here to, you know, talk about your own business, but you are a wonderful life coach. And I feel like a lot of people could really be helped by you. And so if any of our listeners would like to talk to you about being coached in this area of their life or any area, how can they contact you? Oh, man, that's beautiful. (laughs) I'm on Facebook. Obviously, Uh you can look me up as, you know, Robin LeGrow Butler. And the Uh the Butler is B-U-T-T-L-E-R. You can look me up there. Uh, My website is stepforwardcoaching.net. Um, gosh, I I don't even mind, you know, I would give my phone number out right now if that wasn't absolutely crazy to do. Um, but you know, um, as far as reaching me through email, it's coach Robin LeGro 
at gmail.com. So Coach Robin LeGro just all runs together. Um, and it's um, R-O-B-I-N and then L-A-G-R-O-W.com. Um, I would love to set up a session for you. I am offering a holiday uh, package right now, um, three sessions for the price of two. Um, and you know what? You may wind up needing more sessions if you decide that you want to coach on career or, you know, different things. But if it's just that you really need kind of a shot in the arm, you know, just to be able to talk out some things going into the holidays. How about going into the new year? How to leave 2021 behind and start better in 2022? Um, I think three sessions will be a really good amount to get you over, you know, some of those. So I'm, I'm open for that as well. And thank you for letting me share that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being with us today. I definitely hope you come back. (laughs) Okay, so I know you guys are patiently waiting for the recipe for being happy, and I'm about to tell you, but I must tell you this first. We share a lot of the scriptures today from the book of Philippians because Paul shares the recipe for being happy in his letter to the Philippians. In Philippians 4, the message translation Paul tells us that he has found the recipe for being happy. He writes, whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Paul found the recipe for being happy. He learned how to be inwardly content regardless of the circumstances in his life, and he relied on God's promises and God's power. If he were to share his recipe for this, I believe this is what it would be. Two heaping cups of patience, one heartful of love and gratitude, two hands of generosity, a dash of laughter, a headful of understanding and contentment, sprinkle generously with kindness, apply plenty of faith and mix well, spread over a period of lifetime and serve to everyone you meet. As this episode comes to an end and we enter into the Thanksgiving holiday, I want to encourage you to spend some time blessing and encouraging others and really pay attention to the conversations you engage in with your friends and family. Are you talking about what can't be or what could be? Are you reinforcing what isn't working or seeking to make things work? Are you talking about what happened in the past that you cannot change or what you want your future to be and how you will make that a reality? Remember, change happens one conversation at a time. Choose to engage in uplifting conversations and choose your words carefully. In the words of Paul, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Thank you so much for listening today. We are so grateful for you. We hope that this podcast encourages you, blesses you, and rejuvenates your spirit. Enjoy your day and have a happy Thanksgiving especially now that you have such a great recipe to share. God bless.